Welcome to Abiding in Avalon. I am your friendly neighborhood Judas Pagan Witch, Rebecca Thistle. And I am podcasting to you live-ish from the Judely Hermitage. What was that? <laughs> my, my voice like didn't really crack. It just like buffered. I don't know. That was weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. My Judely Hermitage. The uh, basement that I rent. Yeah, because if you're gonna go in full hermit mode, you know you need to. Uh, you need to do it in a subterranean sort of way. <laughs> I mean, you don't. That, that's just what I what I found worked for me. Anyways, so um, first of all, cheers to my friend Chelsea who sent me as a belated birthday present. A, um, a new coffee maker. <laughs> I just refreshed my cup. It's delicious. It's, she, she didn't provide the coffee, but she did provide the maker, which is very important to the, the coffee process. <laughs> Always trust your barista friends when it comes to coffee matters. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so thanks, Chelsea. Cheers. Um, so I want to talk today about ambivalence because I'm a word nerd. <laughs> um, I've this, I, I was thinking about this, um, earlier about how I was thinking about this yesterday specifically. Um, by the time you hear this, it will have been like a week or two <laughs> since I was thinking about it. And I've probably moved on to thinking about other things by the time you're listening to this. Anyways, um, but I was thinking yesterday about why I love, um, looking at the etymology of words, which is to say like the, the roots of words, how language evolves into, you know, what we speak now. Because like... It, it, the original meanings shouldn't matter as much as the current meanings, right? You know, because this, you know, how we use language now is how we communicate now. And so it should be more important to communicate now <laughs> than, um, you know, for, for instance, the, you know, the very common uh, grammar Yahtzee uh, talking point. <laughs> to Spotify censor this? No, but you know, sometimes you have to be careful. Anyways, um, but the common grammar Yahtzee, uh, thing that you'll hear a lot is, you know, I hate when people use the word literally when they mean figuratively, like I literally died. No, you didn't. You're still alive. You mean you figuratively died, right? Um, however, because language evolves, like now it's just this, is this way of expressing that something, um, is super important. It is super important that you understand that I died laughing or, you know, died of embarrassment, even though, you know, that is obviously hyperbole, but you, you adding literally to it adds a certain level of emphasis of, um, of how you were feeling in that moment or what you were experiencing in that moment. And so as, as much as I hate the word conversate, 
for instance, oh, that is my, that is my, mm, that one still grinds my gears. I, I also acknowledge that, um, that is how the English language has evolved. Much to my chagrin, it has, it has evolved to show that the verb form of the noun conversation is no longer converse, it is conversate. Okay, I will live with that. <clears throat> Begrudgingly, I will live with that. Uh, but I like going back to the, to the roots of words because sometimes there is, there is a wisdom that I, that I don't think always evolves with the way we l- use language. And so um, I was thinking about this <laughs> specifically in relation to the word ambivalence. So, so now let me reverse engineer why why uh, why I got to ambivalence. So I was um, so I've been taking a social media break. I I started with just deleting um, TikTok because that's like my my poison of choice when it comes to social media applications. Um, because I realized I was using it as a desperate way to not face some really uh, difficult emotions. October is a very emotionally charged month for me. Uh, trauma, <clears throat> excuse me, traumaversaries are a real thing. That's all I'll say. Anyways, um, so, so I deleted TikTok. I, I put my account on private, um, and I deleted the app. I mean, I put a video up explaining, hey, I'm taking a break. I'm, I don't know when I'll I'll be back out there. I'm challenging myself to stay away until November 1st. We'll see. <laughs> By the time you hear this, uh, let's see, this is going to be going out on the 27th. <laughs> Uh, so by the time you hear this, eh, I'll I'll be in the home stretch of of that challenge. But we'll we'll see. I may I may extend it out depending on on what's going on in my life. Anyways, <coughs> I don't know why my throat is being weird today. Um, so I so I deleted TikTok and I, you know, and I started. I started listening to a lot of uh, great courses, uh, seminars, or whatever you want to call them, lectures on Audible, and which I'm still working through like a lot. <laughs> and anytime I've done a social media break, I never get rid of YouTube. Partially because if I'm going to pay for YouTube Premium, I'm not deleting that app ever. <laughs> Uh, my innate Scottish frugality. Um, but also partially because YouTube is my Netflix. Like, I, I have access to Netflix, but I don't watch anything on Netflix. <laughs> so YouTube is my Netflix. And what I mean by that is it will take me 45 minutes to find something that I want to watch. Will listen to, and most of what I consume on YouTube is is educational content, uh, not that different from you know what I would be consuming on Audible. So it's for me, it's it's less a social media application and more a um, infotainment, edutainment application. But that's just for me. Um. So, but. 
I, I don't use Facebook as often, you know. Um, so I, I, I didn't feel the need to delete Facebook. So I was just mostly taking a TikTok break. Within about a week and a half, I realized I had started using Facebook the same way I was using TikTok. I would start feeling an uncomfortable emotion. I would open up Facebook and hope for a notification, you know, for that dopamine hit of, hey, somebody liked my post or somebody liked my comment or, you know, whatever. Um, And barring that, I would just go into my group's feeds and find something upon which I could comment Or, you know, look for a meme that would make me feel a little better about life. Rather than face the difficult feeling that I was feeling. So I just deleted Facebook. So now I have a lot of, like, mental energy to think about things like hustle culture. (laughs) Um, So I was thinking about hustle culture. Uh, because that's that was one of the big things that I kept trying to avoid via TikTok and Facebook was that um, cognitive rumination of you're not working hard enough, no wonder your life sucks, which my life doesn't really suck. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. And it is so hard to move on when your income is as low as my income is. And so, I, so I've, I've been beating myself up about it. I'm beating myself up about, it, up about it. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, I tried doing hustle culture. Um, I tried so hard <laughs> to do the hustle culture. And I mean, I still do the hustle. Do, 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 do. <laughs> You know, and I mean, I still get up though. You know, four four fifteen is is generally when I when I try and pop out of bed. <clears throat> so I still get up pretty early in the morning because you know I like having you know about two hours on a good day, <laughs> two and a half hours on a really good day um, to myself um, without my daughter up all in my business all the time. I love my daughter, but, you know, she's, <laughs> she's up in my business a lot, and, you know, I get it, um, but it's a, it's a time when I, when I have to myself, it's the time that I have to record this podcast, it's the time that I have to, um, you know, really think about life, the universe, and everything, and, I, you know, and, and it started as a way of, you know, um, hustling, grinding, rise and grind. And that's what I was, that's what I was trying to do. And, um, I burnt myself out. I burnt myself all the way the fuck out. Um, and that, (laughs) and so then, and so then I want to like, berate myself because other people can do this but I can't you know other people can pick up a book and read it I can't it's not because I can't read it's because my eyes don't work (laughs) I'm like you know there, there are just some things that I can't do and that doesn't make me any less of a human being any less worthy of a good life I just have to find ways of doing things differently and it's the same thing with my brain you know, and, and the more I, I start, the more I, I 
read about autism and the more I started, started reframing my experiences, not only in the past, but, you know, currently through that lens of autism, the more I'm like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> this absolutely makes sense. And so now I'm, I, you know, but I'm still, I'm still in a place of, I, I like the freedom of entrepreneurship. I like, um, it, you know, like I, I was looking at job listings the other day and I was like, yeah, theoretically I could do that, but that's going to burn me out. <laughs> like if you think of it in terms of mileage on a hoe, <laughs> I have no mileage. <laughs> capitalism (laughs) don't know what to do with me and you know and one of the the courses i'm listening to on uh, audible uh, great courses is called turn your passion into profit and i got really frustrated in the first lecture (laughs) because this this lecturer she was like you know what what are your priorities when it comes to your business and you know and i'm like well, I can give you a whole list of reasons why I why I want to start a business, why I want to do this, you know, why this, that, and the third. But I cannot tell you which one's the most important to me. I can't tell because because again, my my neurodivergent brain doesn't know how to prioritize tasks at all. <laughs> and um, and that's okay. That's okay. And it, you know, for for other people. Making those priorities, you know, making a list of, you know, delineating priorities, that that may be helpful to them, but it doesn't mean that it has to be helpful to me. So anyway, so I'm, I'm thinking about hustle culture, right? And how I am not great with, not great with it. <laughs> how it actually does more harm than good to me specifically and to many people you know, let's, let's be honest. Um, actually probably most people, but, um, that's another conversation to have for another day, but I'm thinking in relation to me specifically, because I can only talk about my experiences because that's the only thing in which I have expertise is my experiences because I was there when I experienced them (laughs) and the people that were there while I was experiencing these things, they had their own experience with that same situation. Ah, the complexities of the human experience. Anyways, um, but I started thinking about, okay, so what is the antithesis of hustle culture? So, of course, I went to uh, Merriam-Webster, and as you can probably guess, I landed on ambivalence. And, And, you know... When we talk about ambivalence, oftentimes it's this, you know, love-hate relationship sort of thing. My microphone feels weird. Anyways, <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship, right? You know, like I like I have with cheesecake. 
I have I have a love-hate relationship with cheesecake. I love it because it is delicious, but I'm lactose intolerant, so I hate it because it makes my intestines explode. Except for Atlanta Cheesecake Factory cheesecake, which apparently you can get uh, frozen from Amazon Fresh. Um, I don't know if it's in every single frozen food aisle in grocery stores across the nation, but I get it on Amazon Fresh, and it's a problem. <laughs> I'm finally starting to pull back from that particular food fixation. But that's the only cheesecake that doesn't make my intestines explode. So I have a love-hate relationship with cheesecake, generally, because I am lactose intolerant, but cheesecake is awesome. And, <laughs> uh, life. Um, but that's, that's generally how we use the word ambivalent. But I'm a word nerd, so I go back to... Uh, you know, the the roots of, of a lot of language, just because that's one of my special interests. So I looked up the etymology of ambivalence, and it's kind of, I guess, a portmanteau, essentially, as, as, most, uh, as a lot of our languages, you know, portmanteau of a couple of different uh, Latin words specifically. I think it first came into use in, like, Germany, <laughs> in like the middle ages or something <coughs> don't hold me to that because what i took away was it's it's a combination of ambi you know the the prefix that you will see in words like ambidextrous meaning that you are able to use both your right and left hands uh, which i know you can't see this but like when i said right hand i held up my left hand <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, I made myself laugh. That's the only important thing. <laughs> but, you know, ambi meaning both, um, essentially. And then uh, valiance? Uh, I'm, I want to say that that was the, the Latin word. <laughs> My brain is not fully remembering this properly, but whatever the, the original Latin root is, it means strength or strong. Um, it's where we get the word valor uh, in modern English as well. Valor meaning strength. Um, and then ambi meaning um, both. And, and, and I saw that and I went, that's, that's me. That's, that's what I'm working towards, is being an ambivalent entrepreneur. <laughs> because what the fuck else am I going to do with my life, right? Um, but when I say, you know, ambivalent, it's not because it's like, oh, I have a love-hate relationship with running a business. It's because I, I see the need for both sides, of, you know, both strengths in entrepreneurship. You have to, you have to know when to grind and you have to know when to let it ride. You, you cannot constantly be hustling and grinding and, and, you know, and just working, working, working. You've got to also take a step back and take care of yourself and, you know, and just trust that your work is is going to to do what it what it do um this was this was something in particular that i 
was struggling with um, over the over the summer uh, when I created my hyperflocus course. <laughs> my uh course on ADHD spirituality which I've I've archived to that course cuz I I think I'm going to um redo it because um I I I don't feel like I did I did it justice at all um I'm I'm sort of reformatting everything in my <laughs> professional life <laughs> We're doing a factory reset as best we can Anyways um, but when I was creating that course, I had this free trial membership to, um, um, mastermind.com. There we go. Which is a website, uh, founded by, uh, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. My, my screen reader reads it Graziosi and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, hopefully you know who Tony Robbins is because, you know, he's been around for fucking ever. But Dean is someone I, I recently became acquainted with, and, and he's sort of another Tony Robbins, just, you know, different, different vibe. And one of the things that I like about Dean is um, I think his strategies actually work better for more people. Um you know, when he, when he says, you know, do this thing instead, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, no, that works. Um, because I, I think he's dyslexic, which by the way is a, is, is a form of neurodivergence. And so that, and also I'm pretty sure he's ADHD, whether he's been diagnosed or not, but so that, that gives him this perspective that allows him to uh, present techniques that work for more people. So I, I kind of like him. But anyways, mastermind.com, really great website. And I had this free trial. And one of the courses that they have up on mastermind.com is, um, is how to create a course. And so I, I put everything I had into um, making sure that... I created that course while I still had my free trial with mastermind.com. And so I, I burnt myself out trying to do what I thought the world wanted. And then when I pulled back out of that burnout, I was like, well, I still have the free trial. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reach this goal. And I pushed myself and I didn't do justice to to my course I feel so I'm I'm wanting to step back and um and redo that but the point that I'm trying to make (laughs) with regards to ambivalent entrepreneurship is that you know even if that course was exactly what I wanted or needed it to be um it was All I can do was create it, uh, publish it, and work on promoting it. That's it. And then at some point, you just have to be like, "Okay, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what works. We're gonna see what doesn't work, and we're gonna adjust accordingly." And I feel that's what ambivalence um, can mean. If without it, so one, you know. So I, I've been thinking a lot about 
this idea of being an ambivalent entrepreneur because <laughs> I, I, I think I've got, I think I've got a real head for business, not a perfect, you know, Warren Buffett level head for business, but you know, I've, I remember in my last semester of university, um, I had run out of literature courses. Like that, that is my, that is my special interest is literature. And so I was down to literary theory. And the only reason I'd put it off so long was because it was only offered in one certain semester each year. And, um, <laughs> life got in the way. Let's just put it that way. Um, I didn't mean to put it off to the last semester, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and so, so I was out of literature classes, but I still needed like a, a, an upper level, you know, uh, credit <laughs> in order to graduate. And this, uh, teacher had sent out like a, a school-wide email like hey check out this entrepreneurial finance class and and I was like I uh I don't what <laughs> but the the times were the right for for the schedule I wanted slash needed so I um so I signed up so that I could get my upper level credit because it was a junior level class. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a 3300 class. I needed to I needed it to be either a 3300 or a 4300. Um, and it, again, it was at the right time so that so that it worked with the schedule that that I needed, that my mom needed because my mom was watching my daughter while I was at school. And uh, even though <laughs> this was in the middle of the pandemic, by the way, <laughs> um, but it was it was better on her it, it, and, and quite frankly, better on me if rather than two days a week um, being on campus from like eight in the morning until four in the afternoon, um, you know, rather than doing that, it was easier on both of us if I was on campus five days a week, four or five days a week from, you know, like 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. So, yeah, because, you know, then it, it, it's a whole complicated situation with transportation and all that stuff. So anyways, point being, um, I took this entrepreneurial finance class and I walked in there going, oh my God, this is going to, you know, and, and the teacher promised, he promised that there was not a lot of math in there. And, <coughs> and he was right. We only had one day of math and I nearly lost my shit. I'm, like, I'm sitting there staring at these boards, trying not to cry. Because <laughs> math is no. Um, but one of the things that I learned about myself through that class was that I was impressive <laughs> because it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just business students or I think there was a computer science student in there. It wasn't, it wasn't just a business class, right? Um, there were a couple of local business owners, you know, uh, heading up on retirement or, you know, running a business as part of their retirement. 
and they were just uh they were auditing the class for the for the hell of it and so i i had to give a couple of presentations on uh ways that that a business could could get more financing or you know start generating um more streams of revenue and these local business owners were like I never thought of that. Like, wow, this is this is really cool, <laughs> you know. And sometimes you need that fresh perspective from a weirdo uh, to to see something blindingly obvious. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, but I I I realized that I have a really good head for business. Um, my uh, my professor was extremely impressed with me, and. Um, and so ever since then, I've been like, maybe I'm not as stupid as I think. <laughs> but I am, I am not great about that, that hustle culture, you know? That's, that's kind of the, the downside of, of, well, everything, but particularly of, of being neurodivergent. So I am, in fact, an ambivalent entrepreneur. I, I'm, I, I, I toe that line. <clears throat> I try to use both action and flow, you know, that, that both, you know, nose to the grindstone and let it ride mentality. Cause sometimes you do all you can do and, and there's, there's nothing else and there's nothing else, you know, um, you do. And, and see, and the funny thing is, is this is something that I've espoused in a lot of in a lot of other places, I just hadn't really thought of it in relation to this business I'm trying to start, um, which is that um, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And that's it. You know, there are some days where, where all I can bring myself to do is record one of these podcasts and schedule it for a publication there are some days where I I'm like I get up and I do the podcast and then I you know spend an hour creating content and scheduling it out on the on the Facebook page um which by the way even though I'm doing a, a Facebook break the abiding in Avalon Facebook page is still having posts being posted because uh business suite so <laughs> Which I, I would really love it if, if I could um, find another social media management app uh, other than that because I'm getting real tired <laughs> of business suite. It's, it's not bad, it's just not great. Anyways, not the point. The point is that, you know, it, 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 being ambivalent doesn't mean like love hate. I mean, it can, obviously, but it also can mean knowing working with both sides of of existence of life you know that action and flow go and flow sometimes you gotta go sometimes you gotta flow and that's 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 how i'm hoping to structure my business so we'll see how it goes from here and uh maybe one day i will I will be extremely pleased to report that I'm not living in a basement anymore. <laughs> so yeah, um, because of the social media break, there's there's not really much you can do in the way of uh, contacting me. I am 
uh, currently I'm actually, I decided to get rid of my website through universe. So I don't have an actual website, but I did buy a domain because I could. Um, but I, I, I bought a domain through Squarespace and, um, and so, uh, I'm hoping to redirect that to my pen site page where I will be putting some services, content, et cetera, et cetera, which will probably be much better than what I was doing before. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner. Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's it. <laughs> you can, you can find the, the Facebook page. I still have Messenger, so if you want to send me a message through the, uh, through the, through the Facebook page, abiding in Avalon, facebook.com slash abiding in Avalon. I, I think I said that as the, uh, username, but anyways, um, or you can just search abiding in Avalon and, uh, follow the page, of course, uh, because that helps with, uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, I think I'm also supposed to say things like, you know, like, and subscribe and rate and review and all that stuff. That's, you know, I, I always assume that everybody already knows that. If you listen to podcasts, you already know that, like, if you write and review this podcast, it helps get in, in front of more people. So, you know, yay, thanks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, otherwise, I'm like, I mean, it is what it is, you know. So I'm just, I'm just going to take it easy and abide, and I hope you will join me in taking it easy and abiding.